from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Jonathan Small, and I am the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. And I'm so excited about our guest today. Shavo Odajian is here. Shavo is a legend. Pleasure, bro. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, brother. Shavo is the basis for the legendary metal band System of the Down. He is also the founder of the cannabis lifestyle brand 22 Red that focuses on cannabis, fashion, music, and wellness. The company started here in California, but 22 Red is now sold also in Nevada and Arizona. Chavo is also a member of the new creative collective called North Kingsley. They got a rehearsal right after this uh, podcast. And he's also a composer. In 2007, Chavo uh, teamed up with Riza and Hans Zimmer to score the motion picture Babylon AD, which starred Vin Diesel. Anyway, huge resume, but we're going to talk about cannabis mainly today. Chavo, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me, brother. Sure, man. So tell me the first time you ever encountered weed. Do you, do you remember the first time you ever uh, smoked weed? Yeah, see, I didn't smoke as a ch- like a kid, like a teenager. I'm not sure what year it was. So we were at the Guns N' Roses Metallica show as a fans, you know, with, with a few of my friends from school at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. And uh, I had never smoked weed. But I know people that have and all my friends would, but I just didn't do it. Like my parents kind of raised me with their old mentality of like, this is how I used to think back then. It was like heroin, cocaine, weed, same shit, you know? So that's how they thought. That's what I thought at the time. I didn't want to, you know, get involved, but there was always, I was a metalhead. I was a skateboarder. I was a, I love rap. So it was very, um, where, um, I wanted that. I was curious, you know? So anyhow, back to the show, something's happening and I, see, I smell it and these guys are smoking in front of us. And I don't know if it was a joke or I kind of knew it might happen. So I did it kind of subconsciously. I went, Hey, pass it, bro. And the dude just went, boom, you know, like from the front row, just went like this. And I went, and then all the guys who had not smoked either, it was like a good, the good guys, you know, they looked at me like, are you kidding me? And I kind of like took it, took a hit, took two, looked at them. I, I was the rebel at the time, you know, <laughs> I was probably 18, 19, I'm not sure. And um, passed it back. I didn't really get high or anything, but that's the first time I tried. And then after that, it just kind of, whenever it was around, I took a hit and uh, it became- I have a theory about when people say they didn't get high on the first time, I think it might be because you're so nervous you don't really inhale correctly. (laughs) I think that's what happened with me. I think it's, you don't know what you're going to feel. So you don't, you expect it to be so much more than it really is. And I didn't smoke enough to get like crazy high where I have to sit or anything. It was just like two hits. I'm expecting like, you know, I'm sure I had drank before. So, you know, when you're drunk, it's, you're inebriated. I thought I was going to get something like that. So since that didn't happen, I, the story is I don't feel anything. I didn't feel shit, but I'm sure I felt something, but there was a lot of adrenaline from the show watching, you know, Metallica, Guns N' Roses and shit. So, all right. So cut to, there's a few years between that experience when you're only 18 and starting your own cannabis brand. So what inspired you to start 22 Red? Like where, why did you decide to go from being a casual user to actually be an entrepreneur in the space? Well, I wasn't a casual, I was a casual user when I was that young, like from 21. But when we started System of a Down, Darren and I started just every day meeting up, going to Alvarado, grabbing a, a nickel or a dime, that's all we had money for, going to the studio, smoking, talking, 
asking what's going to happen, like how are we going to do this band? And this is the sound. And we didn't have a drummer yet, but we were just talking. And this, it was all idea, concept. I started doing the logo already. And then, and then we got the drummer and boom, we started. That was our routine. And so I started getting stoned and it just became like, I wasn't much of a drinker. I was more of a stoner, you know, not stoner, but I like to smoke. Anyway, so fast forward. Now I'm like smoking daily. It became my thing. I think it was like 99 or 2000. We end up in uh, Amsterdam. We're on tour. And at the same time, they were having the Cannabis Cup there, the High Times Cannabis Cup. This was 20 years ago, 20-some years. And I found out from a friend that I should go to this one shop. It's like local, but it's really big and they have all great strains. It's not like the tourist area. And it was the Greenhouse Cafe. But the thing was, is um, they gave me a number and uh, they said, call this number. So we get there at like five in the morning. And by six, I'm calling that number. Who the answer is, he's like, who is this? How'd you get my cell phone? I'm like, this is Shalom. I play for System. We just came... We're touring and I just got in Amsterdam and he's like, okay, call me back at like 10. I'm like, okay, I will. So at 10 o'clock, I hit him up. He must've Googled or something. So he was very like nice to me. And he was like, come through. Where are you staying? I told him where I was staying. He's like, dude, we're right outside. Our store is outside your hotel. So the coincidence. Anyway, so it was the greenhouse cafe. It was Aryan. I called Aryan Roskam, who is like a strain hunter. You know, he, he invented the white widow, the super silver, the super lemon. It's all him, you know? So I'm talking to this guy, not knowing who I'm talking to, right? That I connected with a legend, you know? So he invites me over to the cafe. I take my, my tech and Darren came and they just had a table laid out for us. And it was just like this greatest experience I had at that time. The best weed or like just hospitality made me feel like I was home. And he gave me like a bunch of weed, like ounces. And I said, no, you know what? Like, I can't smoke all this. I said, grab me a little bit of everything you have. And he looked at me like, what do you mean? I said, I love the taste. I love the, you know, I love the flavors. I don't just want to get stoned. I want to feel it and taste it and know what there is. I've, I've never had like choices before, you know? So, so he went in the back, they talked, and then I guess they were having a harvest taste. So he did that for me. He gave me little like sacks of 20 different strains. I went to my room and went on the balcony and that was my day, right? It's like a buffet. Yeah. It was that. It was the best experience. So that's kind of, I'm telling the story of how I became a connoisseur where I started like feeling and understanding each thing. It became like wine, you know? So uh, I guess they were having a harvest tasting that week, but we were leaving like on Friday. So he moved the harvest tasting and invited me and Darren. And then we invited the rest of the guys to this harvest tasting at their uh, apartment up, up above the, the greenhouse in the red light district. And so we went there and there was like a Thanksgiving table and you could uh, find this on YouTube. Like there's like 15 minutes of this on YouTube. And there's bowls of like weed with numbers on them, no names, just numbers. And all these people sitting around a table, it was like the first coffee shop owner, this guy that's been around called The Nose, who's amazing. I want to give him a big shout out. Aryan and just a bunch of guests, cool people. And um, we're supposed to taste weed and then rate them. And <laughs> there's like little joint rolling trays that I'd never seen back then with like the little uh, carpal tunnel pads. <laughs> Like for a keyboard, but it's for a joint with our names on it, bro. We all had our seats. Like he like assigned seats, you know? So that was the experience. We went in at like 4 p.m. It was like one o'clock in the morning. And I think they were trying to get us out at that point. You know, like his wife was like, come on, you know, it's like one o'clock, you know? And so they gave us these Tupperware. <laughs> so <laughs> to go, you know, doggy bags and uh, so we did it, and uh, that was the experience, man. After that, it was just everywhere I went, I would want to taste. I wanted to taste everything, smell everything, which kind of put me in the world of like meeting growers and um, you know meeting di different breeders. And so it's real, bro. Like this brand didn't just start because I wanted to make some money. It was like 
it was the right time. And I said, you know, this is something, man, if you have like experience or you're good at something naturally, it's not something that I have to try to do, do it. That's what, that's how people get successful is when they do something they're good at. You know what I mean? Like music, like it was just something that, and I'm lucky enough to get the opportunity to do it. Right. I'm not saying everyone could do it, but so I'm very grateful of everything, but it's something that just kind of called out for me. I mean, after that, like for years, people would say, Shavo, we should do a strain, call it Shavo G and call this and that. And I didn't want to do that. Like I said, I'm not, I wasn't in it for like, let's make a quick buck. I was like, dude, I'll smoke you, grow. Let's go. You know, like I'll taste it all. But when the 22 red thing came around, it wasn't called 22. It wasn't called anything. Me and a good friend of mine who I've known since I was like seven years old, our dads were friends. Like we thought of doing this. We were playing poker once with all the guys and like, dude, you and I haven't done anything business-wise and he does clothing and like apparel and all this stuff so we're like maybe we should do a brand something like let's make stuff like how we dress you know like it might be cool because i'm very plain you know i don't have too many but there is you know there's look there's little logos here and there but not like blatant it's like a white shirt you know you're comfy make cool clothing that like fits well and people would wear it even though there's nothing on it you know what i mean and just you know tag it that was the simplicity you know there's beauty in it so um that was the whole plan but then our third partner came in, Sean, who's like a master grower. He's like, his grows are pretty much the staple of LA grows, you know, him and of course a few other people that like kind of, but he got that new style with the white and clean and the greatest organics. And I don't, I don't want to speak for him, you know, cause that's, he's the master of that. But so he came around and we went to see his grows. And like I said, at this point, I wasn't planning on doing a cannabis brand. It was just a lifestyle brand, something that people could like relate with, like giving to the artist world. I love artists. I love people who create. It's interesting. And so we're going to feature art. Like I was like, we can feature artists. Just kind of like have this whole cool vibe, you know? And then I saw one of his grows, bro. And I was like, dude, okay. Like the buds were like, he's yielding like three and a half pounds of light. I'm like four pounds. Like it's just looking good and clean. Like you can eat off the floor. There's music playing. And I felt like this is something I can back. And this is something I want to smoke. This is what, I, let's first smoke it. Let's see what kind of strains we can get at first. You know, you got to start off. And then we started breeding after that. So now we have our own like proprietary, you know, strains. And so it started like that, man. Yeah. You call it 22 Red. You, you said, you know, people would always talk to you about, call it Shavo strain and Shavo weed, whatever. Talk to us about, you're into numerology and stuff. Talk to about, about what that means, 22 Red. Well, first of all, I didn't want it to be Shavo anything because like, this is a, this is a business. This is a brand. I want it to have like its own life and I kind of want it to be bigger than what Shavo has ever done. You know what I mean? If I was to talk about myself as just someone that's right, not here. <laughs> yeah. I want it to be bigger, man. I, I see it. I have a vision for that, you know? So, and I, I don't believe like, I didn't want to be just cause I'm a celebrity quote unquote. I didn't want to be like a celebrity brand because I know I'm not saying all celebrity brands. Like I know be shit, be real, like insane. That shit's awesome. Like that's like legit shit, but there's some out there that like stamp their fucking name on it and, put mids in a bag and sell it and make money. You know, they get their cut. They're happy, right? That's cool. That's their thing, right? But I didn't want to be in that world. You know, I didn't want to be like, oh, it's a, it's another brand that the dude just wanted to get some loot from the green, whatever rush they're calling it, you know, but it was always that for me. It was, it's my life, you know, it's something that I know. So anyways, a lot of names came around and I'm born April 22nd. 22 has been like my lucky number. I got married May 22nd. System of a Down got signed when I was 22. That was 22 years before I thought of 22 Red. It was 44 when I thought of it. Oh, my kids, my two boys, they're born two years and 22 days apart. <laughs> I couldn't make that shit up, right? Yeah, it's just kind of that thing, man. It's been following me around my whole life. So I said, what else can I talk about? Like, this is an, an, another like thing about business. Like, if you name it something that means something to you, you can always be 
totally like open and be, be able to speak about it, be like genuine about it, because it really is something I'm, that's dear to me. So 22 has been there. And then red is just, I have a thing where I relate, it's called Synesthesia, where you relate different senses and different things. So numbers and letters have always had colors. I don't know. I thought everyone was like that, but I guess they're not. <laughs> and two's always been red. So I thought that was cool. You know, 22 red, it doesn't tell you what it is. It doesn't, it's not weed. It's not like metal. It's not, it's not just a cool name. So let's go from there and like build a brand and like give the brand personality, you know, and that's what I've been trying to do. And I know it's not some, I mean, some brands, they skyrocket real fast. I love the steady we're going. It's like cult. It's like we have our fans. People know it's quality because I don't, I won't put nothing in my jars or my bags that are not what I would be putting inside my lungs, you know? So it's quality for sure. And I just love how it's going right now. It's pretty like organic, you know? Yeah, for sure. Has it been challenging being in the cannabis business? Like, is it one of the more challenging businesses you've ever been involved in? I mean, you've been involved in a lot of different businesses. It's different, you know, but I've always tried things, you know, I've always liked to, if I, if I'm interested in it, I first learned a little about, and then I got into it. This, I knew a lot about it. So it kind of like called me business. Yes. There's many different business models that people go with, you know? So we've been between two, you know, right now we were kind of settling with one, which I really am a full supporter of. It's more of a scaling business model where we're popping up in different states and we're doing, you know, partnering up and which is really good for me because I've always been a global artist, right? Like I'm known in around the world all over. I haven't just been one state. So this way I can spread our wings everywhere. And that, that's where the apparel and the hemp comes in. Now, we also have hemp under a different name and stuff. So it's, it's still 22 red, of course, but we have uh, tinctures and we have some pens, some really good, like strong flavored, strong, but natural terp derived, steam derived terp. What's the best seller for you guys generally? Well, RTHC is number one, R8. R8's just like, you can't keep them. If they're fresh, you can't keep them off on the shelves, which is really cool. And we don't mass produce either. Not yet. That's important to you. Yeah, very important. I didn't want to be that brand that's like everywhere. And that's cool. That's cool. Cause that's, you know, but I really do like kind of being the brand that you want to get. And you can, if you're there at the right time, you know, which is cool with me. Now, is there a story to your beard? Your beard is such a distinctive part of your look, right? Is it? And, and if you find a picture of you, you've had that, that look for a long time in your life. Is there a story? Like, how did you discover that style? I don't know. I have no idea. I had hair little bit like short hair. I used to have like long mullet and shit back in the day. And I had hair. And when we started system, I had hair and a little like a shaggy beard. And uh, I just, one day I shaved my hair. And everyone was like, what the fuck? I was just like looking hard now. <laughs> you just the thing. And then like, I stopped shaving my beard, my, my little chin area. And it just kind of grew, grew. And I got like to be about that thick. And then I just put a rubber band on. I thought it was cool. I think I had seen some people do it. Like but they had different, like three, four of them, you know, put one and it kind of grew. It just kind of kept it in there. And it just became a thing. I didn't mean for it to be a thing, I swear. And But now it's like kind of the thing for me, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, it's awesome. You ever thought about cutting it off? I have one. All the old pictures you see, that thing was like long like this, maybe longer. I cut that all off in like 2015 or 16. And then the, since then, coming back. But I did, I, I needed to change for a second. I was like, I'm doing this forever, you know? But then I kind of like, I grew it and then started growing again. I'm like, all right, let's see how far I can take it the second time. So. All right. Well, I know you got to go in a minute. I just want to ask you, because you guys, the System of a Down fans watching this, you guys did a surprise comeback. You did your first new song in 15 years. Can you 
tell a little bit about why you guys decide to do that? Yeah, of course. Well, there was a, um, in November, it started a war from our Azerbaijan attacked Armenia. This is a big topic. It's, it's really hard to explain in a few words, but I'll try. Uh, so they attacked Artsakh, which is 90% Armenian for the last, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of years. And uh, they asked for everyone to, not ask, they just started killing people. So our people had to protect Artsakh, which is a separate land that's been feuding on, but it's like, it's, it's our historical lands that in 1921, I think, Stalin, Joseph Stalin just gave it to and started a country named Azerbaijan, which he made it part of the Soviet Union Republic, right? It was a republic. So the country started in like the 20th century, right? But they're a Turkish blend, right? And so they're backed by Turkey and Turkey, you know, in Armenia have been in problems forever. With I live in LA and I know this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, 1915 and all that shit. So anyhow, bro. And then in, when the Soviet Union broke apart in 19, I think it was 91, we took Artsakh back as a, because our people were still living there. You know what I mean? It's not like our people left. They've just been there. We have our monasteries, our churches, which are getting destroyed at the moment. So we got attacked, right? And we were trying to just raise awareness because all the news was just quiet about it. And it was during the pandemic that it chose the best time to do it. During a pandemic. Who attacked you? Was it the Turkish? Azerbaijanis with the help of Turks, the Turks. And they, they were hiring Syrian terrorists, ISIS, to come and fight a war for them, promising them to pay them 500 bucks a day, and at the end didn't pay nothing. And they got attacked by these ISIS members back, and they blamed Armenia, said Armenia attacked, but it was the ISIS guys that attacked back because they're not getting paid. Some crazy, crooked, bad shit that I can't like finish in one sentence, but this is what I'm trying to get quick because you, you blindsided me with this. <laughs> I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> at the end. But anyhow, bro, so we tried to raise awareness. We, we texted each other. John did. John, our drummer, was like, dude, we got to do something. It doesn't matter. Put our shit behind right now. And this is like our people getting squashed. We weren't ready for this, you know? And we had just been through this revolution where we turned democratic. And the guy, the, the prime minister really isn't like really trained in all this. So they really took advantage of that. You know what I'm saying? They did at a time where it's like the guy's a rookie. He's trying to do what he can. I don't know. If people now are split saying all these horrible things. So I don't, I don't exactly know what to believe at this moment. I just know that when he signed a treaty, the prime minister signed, had a meeting, signed a treaty, and the treaty gave away most of the lands to Azerbaijan saying, here you go. All this, like we, all our people, we had like 5,000 kids from 17 to 21 that died. And then you just give it away. And like, what do you tell their parents? So it's, it was pretty crazy. So what our thing was, is like, let's raise some awareness. This is during when the war was going on prior to the treaty being signed. We went into the studio, knocked out two songs that Darren brought in, which he had written. One he had written for his other group and the other one, we kind of, he wrote it, but we did it together in 2017. And um, we brought those two songs and kind of like just worked overtime. Took us two days, recorded everything. I started doing the first video, directed it. Well, no, I executive produced it and directed it with all our people. Everyone helped out with that one, with the Protect the Land one. Ara Sunjian, Mago, amazing DP, amazing director. And then I got... Adam Mason, who had helped me with the North Kingsley video for Die for the Pick, to do the Genocidal Humanoids video with me. We both produced and directed it. Came out pretty cool. You guys can see it all over YouTube. And, and, and then we created some merch and we all funds so far of everything we've ever made from those releases. Remember, we haven't dropped a song in 15 years, so it made a lot of money. We gave all of it 100%. We're helping all the soldiers who came back who, who need prosthetics. We're also helping all the displaced families that had to have to leave their homes because they 
are told to leave now and they're getting like beat up. They're really mean. It's really dark shit's going on over there. And the world's not talking about it because Armenia has no interest to them because we're not financially strong country. Azerbaijan is powerful because they have all the oil and natural resources because they mine that shit and do it, you know? And so is Turkey, of course, you know what's going on. And so it is what it is, bro. That's why we got together. We did that and we did the videos. We, like I said, all went to proceeds. All proceeds went to them. And we now are working on our own stuff again. That is a noble cause. Thank you for sharing that. It's a great history lesson. Oh, I said, right. You know, yeah, I'm no, no. Sure. I, I blindside you. I'm sorry. Now you gotta you gotta run off. You gotta run off to, to rehearsal. With that in my head now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. We should talk about happy things. Uh, one more question. A happy <laughs> a happy question. Advice to people who want to get into the cannabis industry. What would you oh, tell? No, me? I'm just kidding. No, just <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> it's rough right now. I'll be yeah, honest. It is, right? If you're in another state, you could do it. Just do it honestly. Don't do the backdoor shit. Make sure everything's tested. It's rough with the taxes and shit, but you know, in the end, it'll pay off. You know, just do it for the right reasons. And as, as long as you're passionate and you're not trying to rip people off, man, that's just the stuff that's like the whole bi uh, business is filled with. And there's just a few and far that you can call out and say, those guys are real and those guys are real and those guys are good. They're doing it because they love it. They're doing it because of good reasons. Those are the people that deserve to be like to win. You know what I'm saying? Because this is an old game, bro. This is an old game that's been like, looked down on for so long now it's like everyone's coming in i can just i can only feel how like the old schoolers the ogs are thinking you know what i'm saying about like oh, this is this we're doing this fucking garage right we we went to jail for this and then now these businessmen with suits are coming in dropping fat briefcases filled with cash and like taking over you know first will fail you'll see the fake people fail you'll see in music and in cannabis and in, and in all all businesses well, Shavo, thank you for taking the time and sharing your wisdom. And it's a fantastic brand, 22 Red. Thank you. And I wish you the best. Thank you, brother. Be well. All right, man. Be good. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com. Check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Right About Now. That's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's writeaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode. We'll THC you later.